0: We're so glad that you came to worship with us this morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And just so you know, uh, we do have a special gift for all the moms here today, um, Pav's Creamery. We have free ice cream for all the moms. Yeah, it's my favorite ice cream place. I'm not going to lie. But um, and you know what? Just a shout out to Pav's. Um, I, I called them and left a message with them and said, hey, a pastor at Mission View Church. We wanted to just bless our moms this Mother's Day. Would you cut us a break on some ice cream? You know, maybe give us 20% off or something. And I kind of left that message. I got this long email back from Nick. I guess he's one of the managers or owners or something. Um, just how thankful he was for good churches. And he wanted to bless Mission View Church. So all the ice cream was free given to us from Pavs. You know, like, wow. So... Praise the Lord for that, that we can appreciate moms, and and Pavs is with us, you know, appreciating moms, right? Just a couple of uh, quick things, too. Um, Next week, we are really, really excited. Uh, our, Our church name is Mission View Church. We are a missional church. We keep the mission that God has placed in front of us to reach the world with the good news of Jesus, the gospel, very seriously. Next weekend is Missions Weekend. And um, we are going to be uh, celebrating. One of our missionary partners is going to be preaching next Sunday, Craig Peters with Equip Ministries. He's awesome. He was the interim pastor between uh, Pastor Steve Marshall and me. Uh, so he, most of you are familiar with him. Those of you who are newer probably don't know him. You are in for a treat. Uh, Craig is an awesome guy. Equip Ministries goes throughout all over the world training pastors Um, that don't have seminaries in the countries they're at. So we're really excited about that. In the bulletin you received on your way in, or if you're joining us online, you can look online and uh, we have these in the bulletin. Um, So what I'd like you to do is just take this week and take some time to pray about uh, what God would have you give towards the missions ministry uh, next weekend. We're going to have all of our missionary partners represented in the hallway. There's going to be tables. There's going to be videos. Um, You can get on the website this week, go to the missions tab, look at all the missionaries, and just pray. Just pray about what God would have you give to um, the missions that we're gonna be working with and working towards getting the gospel out over the next year. So we're really excited about that. Can't wait to have all of the missionary parts. So many special things happening next weekend. Don't miss it, missions weekend. But this weekend it's Mother's Day, and we're gonna talk about honoring moms, what it means to honor moms. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Exodus. Yeah, Mother's Day sermon in the Old Testament. Yeah, right? You're like Exodus, wait a second. Where's this going? Exodus chapter 20. Go ahead and turn there. As you're turning there, you know, parenting is really hard work. Do I have any parents in the house today? Amen, right? Everybody's cheering. It's just we don't we get into this parenting thing kind of, you know, we don't know what we're getting into. You know, we we find that love of our lives, and it's like this this amazing, glorious bliss of that. That girl of our dreams, or that knight in shining armor, and next thing you know, we get married, and and then it's time to have kids, and and you know, you 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 go to the hospital. It's the two of you. It's and, and life before kids. I mean, it's great, right? Like you have this freedom. You you can go anywhere you want to go. You can do anything you want to do. You you can spontaneously, just off a whim, head out of town. I mean, you can just do anything that you want. And then, then you have that, that first child, right? You go to the hospital, it's just the two of you, and you leave three people. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, I bought a few things from Ikea. And, and you, you know when you buy something from Ikea, you have to put it together. And, and they give you this, this, this manual. It's usually about this big. And it's written in about 70 different languages. All, everything's in there except for English. And so you go, you go home and you have this dresser that's about, you know, the size of this podium and you have this book like this and you're supposed to build this thing, right? And you're going through these things and you give up on the directions you get on YouTube and you try and find somebody else, you know, show you how to build this thing. You leave the hospital with a living human being and you get nothing. You might get just a couple diapers and a towel, right? Good luck. Good luck. And you take this new life, this new baby home, and it's wonderful. They smell so wonderful for like 40 minutes. And then you smell something. You're like, what is this? What is this? It's, it's taking over the entire house. And, and those, those spontaneous trips out of town just for fun, you know. <laughs> Forget about that, buddy. No, no, no more of that, man. You, you know, Junior has to eat every three hours, you know, and, and the only way they can communicate is through this blood-curdling scream. And, and I don't know about you, but like with my kids, I can, I can hear other people's kids crying. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. You know, that's it's not too annoying or anything. But if there's something about like, like your own kid crying. Like it hits this. There's a special vibration that happens in your brain that their voice hits. It's like this. You, you, I mean, your eyes bulge out of your head and your, your head, it, just, it feels like it's about to explode, right? I mean, kids it's, it's wonderful. Kids are great. No, but you know, they, they kind of grow out of the baby phase and, and they start to crawl, they start to walk and you get to see just this amazing growth, you know, this, just a miracle of, of babies becoming toddlers and just so cute. We saw the video, right? Happy Mother's Day, and it's so sweet. And and then High happens. And you're like, where did this smelly, hormonal psychopath come from? You're like, what in the world? You know, they, they go from this sweet happy Mother's Day to like, I know what I want with my life, and you don't know anything, and my teacher says this, and I know everything, you can't tell me anything, right? And you're just like, what happened? what happened to this sweet little toddler that i knew and and then you have high school and all the drama and all the friends and all the craziness and then they get their license and, and your your salvation is tested i'm not gonna lie like you you hand you hand your 16 year old daughter car keys and you really trust there is a god Right. I mean, if there's any atheists in the house, I'm just telling you, proof that there's a God is when you hand your 16-year-old daughter car keys and trust she will come back alive. Right? No, kids are wonderful, and it's a great. This is a great opportunity for us to talk about what it means to be a mom. And as I was studying, now we've got a really, really short scripture today, but it holds for us deep, deep truth powerful meaning. And I'm excited to share that with you today. Let's pray before we read God's word this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And even now, God, we thank you for mom. We thank you that they care for us, that they love us, and that you give us mothers. I pray that you would bless the moms today. And as we open your word, Father, I pray that we would be encouraged, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would reveal truth to us, that changes us, that we walk out of here different than when we walked in. Come and have your way. Use me, Lord Jesus, for your kingdom and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Exodus chapter 20. You're probably familiar with this text just because this is the Ten Commandments. We're going to take from the Ten Commandments here. And our text is actually found in verse 12. It might be a great memory verse because it's short and easy. It goes like this. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Short, that's all it is. That's our text for this morning. Now, what I want us to do here right in the front is really wrap our minds around this word honor. Now, this, this word honor in the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. This Hebrew word for honor is kavod. And it, it means this. Now, this is crazy. It means heavy, weighty and burdensome, heavy, weighty, and burdensome. Interesting, right? This represents the responsibility that God gives to parents or moms. You could say it like this, and it's the first fill-in in your notes today. It's this, we honor by recognizing the heaviness, weight, and burden of being a mother. We honor mom by recognizing the heaviness, the weight and burden that it is of being a mom. Now, another really cool word that's used to define honor in the Old Testament is growth. Growth. God is acknowledging the heavy weight of responsibility given to moms and we change when we have kids. I remember coming home after each of our kids were born, and, and the weight of responsibility was crazy. I mean, it you know, walking, walking into your house with a newborn life in your hands, so small, so fragile, so dependent. I mean, the, the sense of responsibility, the weight of responsibility immediately changes you, and it, it can be overwhelming, And God, here's the cool thing too though, but God knew that like the ideal setting for children is to be raised with a father and mother in the home. It says, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says he created all things and it was all good except for one thing, one thing. It wasn't good that man would be alone. So he puts Adam into the sleep, he takes a rib from his side and he creates the first woman, Eve a helpmate to come alongside Adam. And what's the first command that we see God give to humanity? What does he give? He says, go and fill the earth. Go procreate. Go have babies. God created the family, and he has this this amazing picture. The family, as stated and created by God, is the best way. God's way is always the best way. And you know what? society will challenge this, and they have challenged this. They continue to say that there's no difference between men and women, that gender is fluid and we can change our biology at any moment. And that just simply isn't true. God created the differences between man and woman for our good, for human flourishing, and for the good of the family. And most of all, for his glory. Now, is it hard to raise a family? Is it hard to be a family? Yes. Do we make mistakes? All the time. The struggle is we live in a fallen world and we are a sinful people. And everything God commands us to do, every one of his commands, are challenged and made difficult because of our wandering hearts and the sinful world that we live in. Anything God commands is going to be challenged by the enemy of our souls. Satan would like nothing more than to bring down God's purpose and plan for the family. We know that God intends for husbands and wives that our marriages would be a beacon of hope to the world. We we see this all throughout Scripture that that God parallels the the husband and wife's relationship with Christ's relationship with the church. He says that that the husband is like a type of Christ and and the wife is like a type of the church. And, And as they live out their marriage in servitude towards one another and love, sacrificial love towards one another, that it paints this picture for the world around them to look in and see Christ and the church. That the love that is shared there is... Is a picture of the love that that God has for us. And that love is, is sacrificial. That love is giving ourselves away. And that's really what was modeled for us in the life of Christ. That Jesus came and gave his life for us, the church. And so marriage is meant to be this picture, that beacon of hope, this projection of the gospel, the good news of Christ, that we forgive one another, that we're long suffering for and with one another. This beautiful picture that God has given. Satan wants to destroy that picture, that witness, that projection, that beacon of hope to the world of Christ's beautiful sacrificial work. Now, do you see the true weightiness and heavy burden that motherhood is? It goes so much further than just raising our children. As you live out your life, being a mom, raising your children, being a wife, modeling and teaching deep biblical principles that show your kids in the world the goodness and glory of God. No wonder marriage and womanhood and motherhood is under such attack today. It is a weighty responsibility. And knowing that, I want to just take a moment and pray for moms. So moms in here, if your mom is sitting beside you, grab her hand. Let's pray for moms right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the moms and we recognize even now as we're looking into your word, this, there's, there's this heaviness and weightiness, this burden that, that, that comes along. We recognize that what that high calling you have placed on what being a mom means. So for each of the moms here and each of the moms listening online, I pray that right now you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them by the power of your Holy Spirit to be the mothers you have called them to be. May your grace overflow in their lives. Give them wisdom beyond wisdom, mercy beyond mercy. We thank you for the calling that you placed on them. In Jesus' name, amen. So this honoring thing is, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. We need to recognize what that really means. Now, the second thing that we see here in God's word is that The second filling in your notes is this, is that we honor because God commands it. We honor our father and mother because God commands it. Now, listen, it's not because mom always deserves it, not because I feel like it, not because dad said so, or because I want to feel good about myself, we do it because God commands it. Now, for some of us, that's easy, right? It's like, Mom was great. We have a great relationship. It's just all rainbows and unicorns. Woohoo! It's Mother's Day. It's time to celebrate. We're going to go to Red Lobster after church. It's going to be great, right? Others remember verbal or physical abuse. They remember trying to survive a childhood and... Honoring mom is the last thing on your mind. But we honor mom not because our mothers are always honorable, but because God commands it. Honoring is obedience to God. And we will be held accountable for our actions. Now, you're not accountable for your mom's actions, but you will be held accountable for how you respond to your mother's actions. So if you're here today and Mother's Day is one of those hallmark things that you just want to toss out and has been a real struggle for you, I want to give you some biblical, practical, applicable wisdom to walk out honoring mom when mom's been tough to honor, okay? The first one is this. If you struggle with your relationship with your mom, the Bible tells us as Christians that we should speak the truth in love speak the truth in love now we can only speak the truth in love this is this is i think this is a real key point here is we can only speak the truth in love when we get to a point in our lives and in that relationship when we start to see our sin my sin as big and we start to see others sins or our mother's sin as small the bible says it this way before, he says, the Bible says, before you take the speck out of your brother's eye, you should probably address the log in your own eye. What he's saying is that you need to start to see other people's sin as small, like a small speck, and start to see your own sin as a big log that, that needs to be dealt with. What this does, and why God put that in his word, or one of the reasons I should say, is that it forces us to look at things and find humility. That as I see my sin as big and other people's sin. Now, this is a biblical principle you can apply to all kinds of relationships, by the way. But as we look at those things, and I start to see my sin as big and other people's sin as small, it puts me in a place, spiritually, mentally, that I I can actually approach them in humility and then actually speak truth in a loving way. We start to think about these things and think about these actions and, and start to be more worried, more worried about someone else's eternal destination or someone else's sanctification or change that God is doing in them, than we are about protecting ourselves even. It, it takes us from this focusing on ourselves to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, focusing on others and what's best for them. Now, let me just say, this, biblical principles like this aren't easy. These these are really difficult, hard things, but we can do these things through the power of the Holy Spirit. So pray, that's what I would encourage you just to pray. God, how how can I start to see their sin as small, my sin as big? What does that look like? How can I speak the truth in love? And most of all, God, how can you be glorified in this relationship? How can you be glorified in my response in how I talk and deal with them? The second one is this. So that first one, speak the truth and love. The second one is this, setting up healthy boundaries. Let me just say this. You are not meant to be a doormat. You are not meant to be a doormat. If there's like really unhealthy communication going on or unhealthy relationship things going on there, you need to set up some healthy boundaries in your relationship, Healthy boundaries, uh, limiting the amount of time that you're spending in an unhealthy relationship and, and being honest about that, speaking, like we said, speaking the truth in love, right? Addressing that, but you're, you're not meant to be a doormat or an enabler, right? Speaking the truth in love, addressing those things, and then setting up healthy boundaries. And the last one, the third one is leading our hearts towards forgiveness, leading our hearts towards forgiveness, and this is so difficult. This is really difficult, especially in our relationship with a parent, a mom, that we would go to God and and start praying for our moms, that we would pray that God would give us the strength to forgive, This is so difficult because that type of intimate, connected relationship, when that kind of trust is broken, when that kind of vulnerability is taken advantage of, it cuts us deeper than any other relationship we we have. You know, minus probably our spousal relationship. So moving our hearts toward or leading our hearts towards forgiveness may be the last thing on our minds. But God commands us to forgive. And here's the reality, is you were not created. You were not created to bear the weight and the burden of that. That is something you have to hand over to the Lord. And you, just, you can just say, God, I cannot deal with this. I don't have the strength to deal with this. I can't live my life with this kind of weight on me. God, I need you to take this. God, help me process through what it looks like to forgive And where do we find the strength to forgive? Through the way God has forgiven us. We forgive because God first forgave us His unmerited favor and grace and mercy that we didn't deserve, but He gave to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now I know it's difficult. And these are are deep wounds, right? And you're you're not going to find a solution in a 35-minute sermon. But I'll tell you this. God will walk with you as you deal with these hard things. He is not leaving you alone. And as you read his word and you submit to him, you give your life to him over every day and over these issues all the time, God will give you strength that you had no idea was available. He is with you in this. So j- those are three things you can work towards with the power of the Holy Spirit to, to walk in healthy relationship and restoration if you've had a really difficult relationship with your mom. Let's go back to our scripture and look at something. This is a part of the scripture I wanted to really pull out today. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that your Lord, the Lord your God is giving you. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and we went through the Ten Commandments and we got to this one, I was, I was the kid that thought that, okay, I'm going to go and obey my mom and dad because I want to live long. Anybody there? Like, I wanted to live to be like 110. Okay, it's me and you. There's two of us. You know, but I read this and I was like, no, I want to live a long life, so I'm going to obey my parents and I'm going to be like 110 years old. All right, if you believe that, I got some bad news for you. All right? Here's what's happening. The promise of longevity that accompanies the command that live long refers to duration as a nation in covenant or promise relationship with God in the land the Lord your God is giving you, rather than a lengthened lifespan for each obedient individual, right? So this this is really cool what we're looking at and what we need to recognize is the focus or emphasis in this passage isn't your days may be long in the land. The focus or emphasis in the Hebrew is the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The land the Lord your God is giving you. This was how the law worked. You would obey God and blessings would follow. But today, under grace... This new covenant or new promise that God has given us, it's, it's flipped upside down. God has revealed and fulfilled the ultimate promise, which is Jesus and eternal life. And now because of that, we joyfully obey. So this, this Old Testament law is like this new covenant principle that is empowered by the gospel. When we know Christ, we will honor our parents. This live long in the lands means that God's fulfilled promise is on display for everyone to see. It's it's on our minds. It's at the forefront of our thoughts. So in the Old Testament, we'd hear the law and do the law. And this new covenant, this new relationship that we have through Jesus, the promise precedes the practice. The promise precedes the practice. This is huge. This is a huge part so what, what we're really getting out of this, under the new covenant, this honoring mom and dad, honoring our parents, the strength that we find to do that, the ability that we can find to do that is found in the fulfilled promise that Christ in Christ. God's fulfilled promise in Christ. So if you want to honor your father and mother, look to the cross. Look to the cross. That's the third felony in your notes. We honor through the power of the gospel. We honor through the power of the gospel. The best way to honor mom is to glorify God. The way that we keep things in our lives in order and healthy is by keeping the main thing the main thing. Our relationship with God is the main thing. Our realization, growth, an understanding and continued revelation of the goodness of God in the person and work of Jesus Christ is the main thing that keeps all other things in perspective and in balance. We will only truly be able to honor our mothers or our parents when we seek out and focus on the Lord first. Focusing on Him first. It is we live in an amazing time on this side of the cross. And we, we look at God's word and the biblical principles and all the different things that, that God has given us, and we say, man, how in the world can I do that? How in the world can I do it? And like I said earlier, you may be here, and you're excited to celebrate Mother's Day this afternoon. You're going to go out for lunch. It's going to be amazing, and that's awesome. Or you're here, and you're like, ugh, Mother's Day again, I'm, I'm not even going to make the phone call. It doesn't matter. Either side of that that you're on, if you want to obey God's word and you want to honor your parents, go after Jesus. Run after Christ. Go to the foot of the cross. And that's the beauty of living on this side of Christ's coming, the res- this, this resurrection, is that as we go through life, and we we either experience suffering or, or, or hardship, or we experience a joy or the great just awesome time that we're having. Either way, what God said is, says is, "Come to me." You're either going to Jesus with worship and thankfulness and celebration and that's going to draw you closer to him and it's going to be a beautiful great thing or you're going to go to him with this suffering and this struggle and this trial and you're going to grow and you're going to become closer and closer to him and in both of those situations what's going to happen is that god will be glorified that's the beauty of the cross That in our sufferings and in our trials and the tribulations and the hard work, God is in it. And God empowers us through it. And in the joy and the victories and the awesomeness that that we have in our lives, God is in it. And we gain an amazing perspective for both of these situations at the foot of the cross, at the gospel. And here's the gospel. That long, long time ago, before anything was created, God knew your name. He knew your name. He made plans for you. He knew where you'd be born. He knew who your parents would be. And he had plans for your life. Nothing you have done, nothing you will do, surprises him. He's never taken off guard. Now, not only that, but he knew that, that humanity, that we, me and you, would struggle with sin. That we'd make all kinds of mistakes. we just mess almost everything up. And knowing that, with this great love that he has for you, he sent his son to live a perfect life Jesus Christ. He didn't sin in thought or deed. He lived a perfect life. He lived up to a standard that God had set. And only God could fulfill it. And Jesus was God's only son. He lived that perfect life that you and I can't live. And then he died a sinner's death that you and I deserve. Jesus, the creator of the universe, allowed his own creation to murder him on the cross. Why? Why? Because God loves you. That's why. And Jesus, after being three days in the grave, rose from the dead, defeating sin and death for you and me. He was witnessed by over 500 people. Some of them didn't even believe it was him. Like, man, I, wow, this is crazy. This can't be happening. And Jesus is like, all right, man, let's, let's go out to dinner. Let's make some fish. Hey, and by the way, here's, here's where the nails went through. You can touch it if you'd like. And Thomas just freaks out. What? And after being witnessed by over 500 people, the resurrection, Christ ascended into heaven. And he said, I'm leaving now because it's better for you that I leave because I'm going to send you my spirit to live in you and that his Holy Spirit now lives in the heart of every believer, empowering us to say no to sin and live the life that God has called us to live. You may be here today and never heard that amazing truth. That's what I was talking about when I said we live on this side of the cross. It used to be the law that we have to follow all these rules and do all these things. God's blessing would come. Now we live under a covenant of grace and God's blessing has come over and over because Christ already came and now we can live a changed life because of what Christ has done. Maybe you've never heard that amazing, amazing grace before. God loves you and he has that grace for you. All he asks is that you would recognize it. You'd be like, yeah, I've tried living this life for me. I've tried doing this the best I can. I've tried to be a good person and I'm okay. But you're right. I'm not perfect. And I have messed things up. That's why Jesus came. And he loves you. And he just says, come to me, all who are weary. All who are heavy burdened. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And I have a hope, and a future for you. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. Surrender your will to him, your life to him, and your eternity with Christ in heaven will be sealed. That's the good news. And that's how we can honor our parents, even if our parents aren't honorable all the time. Now think about this biblical principle that comes from the gospel, because it's more than just parental relationships, right? How do you love your spouse when they're unlovable? How do you love your kids when they're just going off the rails? How do you? It is all, we find all of the power to walk through that in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Man, that is, that's just the, that's the most amazing thing about Christianity. All other religions are going to tell you to live up to this and do this, do this, do this. And our, our religion in Christianity, God says, hey, I did this. Have some fun. Come and be in relationship with me. This is the joy of Christianity. This is the joy of the gospel. We can honor our parents through the power of the gospel. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And right now, we want to thank you for the gift of your son that empowers us to, to do the things that you've called us to do with a great joy. It is a joy to do the things that you called us to because of the great work of Jesus Christ. For those here, Father, that are getting ready to go out to lunch or or celebrate Mother's Day with mom that's just so joy-filled, Father, I pray that you would be in the midst of that celebration, God, that you would be worshiped, that you would be just the center of attention, Father, and that we would be able to honor mom the best we can. And for those here, Father, that are struggling with Mother's Day today, God, I pray as they go home, Father, that you would empower them. Empower them to be someone who goes and glorifies you with their response, Father. Give them a grace upon grace as they work with their mom. And for those here that don't know you, Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them right now. If they're watching online or they're here in this room, Father, the power of your Holy Spirit would make yourself known to them in the name of Jesus. That they would surrender their lives to you for your glory and your kingdom and their good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand as we sing our closing song today.